Welcome to Lean Leadership for Ops Managers, the podcast for leaders in ops management who want to spark improvement, foster engagement, and boost problem solving, and still get their day job done. Here's your host, leadership trainer, lean enthusiast, and spy thriller junkie, Jamie V. Parker. What happens when you need leaders fast? You're growing and expanding. Your current leaders are getting promoted and you're doing it now where this challenging employment market kind of slowed the rate at which positions are filled, right? At which people are coming into your organization. So what do you do? How do you grow the leaders that you need? How do you build the leadership bench strength that you need? Well, we are closing out the Q4 executive series today with Chris Chippendale, who serves as Senior Vice President of Northern Operations at Ent Credit Union. Now, Chris has more than 30 years of experience in the financial services industry, and throughout his career, he served in roles in operations, information technology, enterprise initiatives, and strategic initiatives. Now he's serving as Senior Vice President at Northern Operations at Ent Credit Union, which is committed to creating financial health. Since 1957, Ent has improved the financial lives of their owner members with education, better rates, lower fees, and access to the highest quality financial products. And fun fact, I did not know this. I had to look this up. So Ent began as a single credit union to serve Ent Air Force Base, which is down in Colorado Springs. And um, now they've expanded. So you'll hear about that from Chris today. But so they have more than... Um, 400,000 customers and 45 retail offices. So expanded from that one little single credit union that was serving the Air Force Base. Now, I have to tell you, I have been friends with Chris for a few years and have had the chance to work with one of his, his previous teams. One of the things I love about Chris is how much he cares about people and he really embodies that servant leadership approach. And if you stick around to the end, I'm going to share a little secret about Chris too. Now, remember, you can find links to connect with Chris and learn more about Ant Credit Union at our show notes, processplusresults.com forward slash podcast. This is an important conversation today because we're talking about building our leadership bench strength. And this is something that a lot of organizations struggle with just in normal times. And now that's been heightened. So let's jump into the conversation. Chris, welcome to the show today. Thanks, Jamie. It's so good to see you. It's been been far too long. It has, yes. Well, I'm excited to have this conversation today and uh, just share some of your perspective. But before we jump into talking about leadership development, why don't we start off learning a little bit about you? Um, so tell us what a value or mantra, principle, quote, something that you feel really embodies your beliefs about leadership. Sure. You know, I think probably more of a principle than anything, but I would say uh, just this notion of pay it forward. I think, you know, most all of us as leaders, if not all of us, are in this position because somebody or many people along the way have taken an interest in us, right? And they've, you know, put us on the right path, kept us from the wrong path, whatever it is. And so I feel it's important that, you know, once you have those opportunities to, you know, lead other folks, you take that very seriously and you're super dedicated to it. Um, and again, it's just that notion of pay it forward. Someone took the time for you and let's, let's do it for that next group of up and comers. 
Oh, I love that. It's such a fantastic way when we think about serving people and giving. Um, and if we come, I think feel like if we come at leadership with that, it's gonna it's gonna be a good thing. Yeah, and you know, I think it's important too. You know, as I get further along in my career, I'm certainly, you know, I hopefully have a ways to go, but closer to the end than the beginning, you know, you start to reflect a little bit more. And then one of the things that's important to me is, you know, I want to make sure I leave this place and whether this place is, you know, the world or my company or, or my circle of influence, but I want to leave it in a good place. I want to leave it in good hands. And so trying to do everything I can to make sure there's as many good hands um, out there as possible. Oh, fantastic. All right. Well, I want to make sure our listeners have a little bit of context for our conversation today. So tell us a little bit about your organization. Um, Who does your organization serve and how do you create value? Sure. So I am with um, End Credit Union based out of Colorado Springs, Colorado, um, and I'm our senior vice president of of northern operations for us is uh, basically Castle Rock, Colorado to the the Wyoming border right now, the the northern region that we have. And um, and as a credit union, we've been in business for uh, about 70 years. Uh, We have, uh, again, headquarters in Colorado Springs, and then right now, 45 retail offices, again, Colorado Springs, Pueblo, um, and then, you know, again, what we call Northern Colorado, uh, with more to come. Uh, We serve about 400,000 members, again, primarily in the state of Colorado. So we don't have a physical presence. Mm -hmm. Uh, But again, over 70 years, people, you know, they tend to pick up and move. And so we we have members in all 50 states. Uh, We have a strong military background. And so therefore, we have members, you know, all over the world, Um, but primarily a Colorado financial services organization. Uh, We're about $8 billion in assets. Um, and, you know, over the last year or so, I've grown tremendously for um, a lot of the same reasons in terms of, you know, COVID and people have uh, saved a, a few more a few more dollars than they have in the past. <laughs> so we've experienced a lot of growth from that, um, which has pushed us to about 1,300 employees. Again, primarily going to see most of those folks in the Colorado Springs area, but up here in, in Denver and Northern area, we're uh, about 200 employees. Okay. Wonderful. And and just so we know, what is like your area of responsibility? Tell us a little bit about that. Yep. So I oversee, um, right now it's 19 of our retail branch locations, um, soon to be 25. And as we get into the conversation, mm-hmm. we'll talk about the challenge of getting to 25. Uh, but again, in that uh, geographic area, oversee uh, the retail locations. Um, and then a secondary focus on, you know, coordinating all of our non-retail efforts in support of just all of our all of our member service up here meaning you know we have some lending efforts and we have some business development and business banking and all sorts of other things and so try to work with all of those folks to make sure we're all on the same page uh, in terms of serving our members and making sure we're adding as much value as possible and you know I didn't answer your question about creating value I think you know what what we do our, our mission is around um, improving our members quality of life and we do that through hopefully educating them, um, giving them the best uh, financial advice possible, and then giving them access to hopefully the best products and services so that, you know, they can eventually go out and realize their short-term and long-term financial dreams. All right. Awesome. 
So let's, I'm actually really excited about this whole growth thing because that has been a theme with just about every executive I've talked to. Everybody is growing. Um, But today we're talking about leadership development. And the reality is that, you know, the world of work is changing. The employment market is really challenging right now. Uh, People have more choice and there's more awareness of that choice. And I think that's one thing that certainly came out of this pandemic is people are being more deliberate about where they choose to work, which, you know, means for those of us who are hiring and staffing and growing, we have a challenge. So thinking about your current state, the immediate future, what's one of the biggest leadership challenges that you, that your organization or industry is facing right now? Sure. And it's probably a twofold answer, but it's, it, it's one thing. And I think the first step is, you know, we can't find enough people, right? And I'm sure everybody you talk to has that that same problem right now that uh, for a multitude of reasons that, uh, you know, we don't need to go into, but it, it's just hard to find people right now. And I think specifically those of us who deal with public facing employees, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of reasons not to want to be out in public doing that. And so it's it's been a, a definite challenge just finding enough people. Uh, but I think the, the bigger long-term challenge is, is getting people ready to take on leadership roles. You know, we work in a, a really complex business and, you know, we tend to hire uh, a lot of people who are not super experienced in what we do. And so the ability to get them in uh, and up to speed in a, in a manner that they can still be successful. Because one of the things that I think is important is you don't get people put into positions before they're ready and set them up for failure. So how do you do it at a pace that is acceptable to them that they're going to be successful, but still meet the needs of the organization? And, you know, again, just, again, retail, it's high turnover. So we always mm-hmm. need people, uh, but, you know, particularly at Ent and, and what we're doing here in Northern Colorado, you know, we're growing pretty fast. And, and so we're newer to this part of the state. We don't have a lot of depth built already. And so we're just out there trying to hire people, um, get them ready so that they can take on these leadership roles. And it's a, it's a tremendous challenge right now. It's a lot of fun, but it's a, it's a challenge for sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think that there's been a lot of conversation about the just hiring, filling roles, but you're really t- talking about taking this you know next level, which is, okay, so now how do we get people ready? to be leaders, right? So it's not just that, you know, I've got to staff my front line. We also have to develop leaders in a time when we can't, we don't have enough people. Yeah. I've been, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and I remember getting into the business and being told, Hey, you know, work really hard and maybe four or five, six years, you're going to be a leader. You're like, all right, that's okay. Or now we're telling our folks, Hey, you know, work really hard. And hopefully by the end of the year, you know, there may be an opportunity for you. And, and so, you know, you want to address it. Obviously part of what we're trying to do is make our part of the business, not as complex, but you know, yeah. we're highly regulated and, you know, we, we deal in a lot of different facets with our members. And so that's a big ordeal in and of itself, but trying to find people who are, you know, able to come in and, and really get, uh, you know, their teeth around, you know, what we're trying to do quickly is uh, it's a great challenge. Yeah. Okay. So tell me a little bit about um, this challenge and why you think it's just so critical to to address, to put in the time, the energy, the effort, the investment to actually really tackle this? What makes this, you know, the, the critical thing that needs your attention? 
Sure. Uh, you know, again, so 70 years in business and, and those of anybody listening from Colorado Springs probably know End Credit Union very well. It's an institution down there. It's, you know, multi-generational. You just know it down there. But as we've expanded into, you know, Castle Rock, Denver, Fort Collins and, and places in between, you know, we're not as known. We're having some really good success and we feel like this is a, a great uh, time and space for, for growth. Now, part of this was set in motion before COVID and uh, that, that that slowed some things down, but as Colorado continues to prosper and we see those opportunities, we think we're bringing a great value proposition into this part of the state, um, and we don't want to miss out on it. You know, we, we want to make sure we um, strike while the iron's hot, as they say, and, and, and make the most of those opportunities um, so that we can go out and serve the members to the best of our ability. So we want to take um, you know full advantage of what we think is, is a great opportunity right now. Um, and, and a team member of mine said it well. He said, we, we being, you know, retail leadership, we don't want to be the reason we have to slow down any of this growth, meaning we don't want the lack of, of qualified leaders to be the reason, you know, we have to tell, mm -hmm. you know, our leaders back in Colorado Springs, sorry, we can't open another branch up here. We need to slow it down uh, when everybody's working, you know, their hardest to, to get us ready. So, you know, for, you know, short-term success, which will really, you know, turn into long-term success, we just want to make sure we're ready to, to take advantage of this moment. Uh, you know, at the same time, uh, what's been wonderful with uh, and Credit Union is so many people who have, you know, what we'll call back office jobs and leaders and, and those type of roles started on the retail side, started in the branches and, and we pride ourselves, you know, like many organizations, but really pride ourselves in the ability to bring people on, teach them what we do, and then give them a future opportunity. And, and that's worked really well over 70 years. Uh, the challenge becomes, you know, again, as an organization, we're growing when the supply side of people coming in the front door to take the jobs of the people who are getting promoted starts to dry up. Um, it can start to cause some, some sleepless nights for sure. Yeah. You know, I've seen that in um, a, several different kind of retail or field-based organizations when you have field-based folks who then um, do promote into support roles. And it's great because they can serve, you know, they know what's happening and can serve really well. Um, but you're right. So there's this always like kind of this constant need to always be developing leaders. And now that's, it sounds like that's just been really heightened uh, significantly. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Well, let's dive into what you're doing. So um, tell me a little bit about maybe some steps that you're taking um, to address the challenge uh, and maybe what's working, what's working well, where, where you found some success. Sure. Yeah, I, I think it starts with the conversation has probably changed a little bit. You know, as we um, interview and recruit folks, we I think we talk more about that long-term vision than maybe in the past where, you know, it may have been, hey, come join us. It's a good organization. Get your foot in the door and we'll see what happens, you know. And, and now I think it's more a conversation of let us paint this picture of, yeah, come get your foot in the door but here's our plan for you. And we have high hopes for you. And, you know, it's always, yes, in your best interest, we want to develop you, uh, but to be open and honest and tell with them and selfishly, we need you to succeed. You know, we, uh, when we, you know, extend an offer and someone takes a seat, if you will, you know, we have a limited number of seats and we need people to be successful. But I think it's having that conversation and trying to paint that compelling vision of what the future may look like. Because again, you know, we hire a lot of folks who maybe this is their first 
you know, real job as we like to call it. And, you know, they, they come to us for different reasons. And sometimes it's in banking because they don't want to work nights and they don't want to work Sundays or, you know, we have to get tuition reimbursement or whatever it is. And, and folks, you know, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And so we try to paint that vision of saying, well, yeah, it's maybe a job today, but let's start thinking about does it become a career? Does it become a passion for you one day and get people excited about that uh, maybe much sooner than, than what we did in, in the past? And so, you know, I think what's working well is we found people like that. You know, everybody likes it when you take an interest in them. And I think maybe, again, previously, it'd be a little more secretive, right? You know, we'd have some people who we think, ah, they could probably be a star one day. I don't know that we always told them that, right? And, you know, we didn't want it maybe to go to their head or maybe, you know, we didn't want to make it seem like, oh, we're promising, you know, all these great things down the path. But, you know, right now we'll tell people, you know, there are no promises, but we see a great future. And this is why, and this is what we think it looks like. And here's what we're going to do to help you get there. And, And so I think being a little more transparent about, you know, some of the decisions that we make and a good example in our business is, you know, again, we have a multitude of branches and sometimes we like to move people around here and there while helping explain like, Hey, we're not moving you just for the sake of moving you, but maybe by, you know, going to this other location, you're going to get to work for this manager who's really good at this thing. And we need you to be better at this thing. And so, yeah, you're doing the organization a favor, but, you know, we're going to put you someplace. So that move becomes really meaningful uh, for both parties. And so I think, you know, just having people understand why, why we're doing that's been uh, helpful. And I think also organizationally, we've done a better job of defining, you know, what does success look like? And so uh, when I came back to the credit union, I had been here 16 years and then left for a few years and came back. One of the initial conversations we had around was, you know, what are these core competencies? What does success look like and what should Mm -hmm. people be good at? And that was the easy part because we could say, oh yeah, you know, our people should have good attention to detail, right? They're dealing with people's money. They should be um, good with that. But let's make sure we have a common definition so that if, you know, we tell our managers, hey, make sure your people have strong attention to detail. We don't have 20 definitions of what that looks like. And as simple as that sounds, you know, I I found particularly in my region where we've hired a lot of people externally and they come in with amazing backgrounds. Well, it's all based off of maybe where they've been. And so try to make sure we get on the same page of you know, what does success look like? And when we say, you know, good communication skills or conflict resolution or whatever, this is what it means, you know, for, for end credit union. So we found a lot of success um, in those areas. Yeah. I like this idea of really aligning, um, particularly in a standpoint of helping people identify, um, you know, folks who may be a really good fit to move through into leadership quickly. Um, because because you're right. Some of us, it's like almost like a gut. Like it's almost like a gut feel, right? And we rely on our right. gut. Yeah. <laughs> but when you define that and align that, it re- I think it could really help leader your field based managers, right? Your branch managers and the folks that are out there to be able to identify potential talent better and faster. Right. You know, and then what it does also, again, we're a good size organization. And so we're able to marshal the resources of the organization and say, you know, hey, these are our core competencies. How do we develop that? Right. And sometimes it's, hey, we're going to send people to a training class internally or externally, or, you know, we're going to give them an assignment or whatever, but it's, uh, you know, allows us to lean on those experts to tell them, here's what we need from you to, to get our workforce ready 
for those next steps. And I think the, the secondary part is also gives us some common you know, definition across the organization, because you know, if you think about it and going back to, you know, if we say attention to details important as somebody who works with money, well, well, if they have, you know, their dream is to be an accountant one day, well, it's probably something that's important in the accounting role is also attention to detail. And it's, it enables us to tell that story to say the things you're doing today directly relate to the things you want to do in the future. And so when you go into that interview with the accounting manager and they're like, tell me about, you know, your attention to detail, you're like, you know, I have a great answer. And you can, you know, really speak to it versus, you know, some of the things you talked about gut and yeah, we kind of like you or we kind of don't like you. And it allows us to have some of that common language um, to say, yeah, this is kind of how you get from point A, B, A to point B. Um, and maybe there's a detour in between, you know, maybe there's not a direct line between what you're doing today and what you want to do, but here this next stop along the way is good because it's going to fill in some of those gaps. So we still have yeah. a long way to go with that, but um, we have an amazing team who thinks along these lines and we're starting to put those pieces in place. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and really leveraging the strengths of people to develop more than those that are just in their direct span of influence. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Well, so you've got, you talked about some things that are going well. Tell us a little bit about maybe what you're still working on or you just haven't quite been able to figure it out or overcome it yet? What's what's that gap still that you're working on? Yeah, probably two things. You know, first I talked about it earlier is, you know, how do we make our business less complex? Because again, you know, the folks we hire tend to not always come to us with a ton of previous experience with this. You know, I'm thinking of our, our younger folks just starting out and I don't see that changing, right? That's just the nature of, of who we hire into those, you know, entry-level roles. That's why they're, they're entry-level. And so how do we look at our business and say, yes, from a regulatory standpoint, complexity and we're large and all those reasons, um, it, it's, it's, you know, very complex, how do we peel that back? So that's something, you know, we're working on long-term. But for my region specifically, uh, a big challenge we have is, you know, this notion of at-bats. And, you know, I'm a big sports guy, so we'll talk a little baseball Mm -hmm. here. You know, we need enough at-bats. We don't have you know, a ton of volume as far as people, you know, coming into our branches on a daily basis, you know, giving our leaders the opportunity to work through all these complex problems, right? And and you want to be careful, right? You don't want to create problems just for people to solve problems, you know, and, and irritate your members and, you know, make everybody mad along the process. Um, and so a big part of this is how do we give, you know, our folks enough bats? How do you get them into a position to make some tough decisions or experience some different things, Um over a shortened period of time mm-hmm. without disrupting the whole the whole enterprise. And so it's caused us to be, you know, creative in terms of how do we take maybe challenges and turn them into opportunities. So a, a good example is, you know, on occasion we uh, we have people take vacations, right? And so is there an opportunity to say, hey, when this leader's out for a week, do we find somebody to go in and, and step in as a leader right there and see what they can do and tell them, hey, we're putting you in this position and don't shy away from problems. We want you diving into problems because that what the, this this whole week is about and then have those follow-up conversations with them. And so, again, it's being very purposeful in terms of how do we solve some of those challenges. So, yeah, we're solving it for the short term, but you're also building some long-term wins out of it. Yeah. Okay. So I could, I can see that I'm thinking through just like the power of repetition, the power of kind of reflection um, of collaboration, right. All of those things to try and try and overcome that. Yeah. And just try to, you know, speed it up as much as reasonably possible again, not to overwhelm people, but at the same time, yeah. How, Mm -hmm. how can we, how can we do this quicker? Yeah. Okay. 
So um, imagine then that your best friend is facing a similar challenge. Um, so they're out there trying to trying to figure out how to overcome the same challenge. What do you think you might say to this person that you care about who's facing the same challenge? You know, I, I think what I tell them is go find somebody who's passionate about this and really make it their job. Because I think, you know, you look at when you're a leader, all of the things you have to do. And at the end of the day, we always say this is the most important thing. But the reality is, you know, people call in sick and you have upset members and systems go down and you have bad weather. You have all those mm-hmm. you know, excuses um, to not get it done. Right. And so you, know, you come in in the morning and you're like, hey, today I'm going to develop Jamie right? And systems down. Okay, Jamie, we'll get to it later. And then Jamie wants to go to lunch. And then Chris wants to go to lunch. And then this happens. And all of a sudden, okay, tomorrow, well, Jamie's off tomorrow, you know, and then days become weeks and weeks become months and you just don't gain the traction fast enough. And so by having somebody where it's, you know, their job, they don't care about all that stuff. And it's not that they don't care, but their job isn't to worry about is the system up or down and is the weather good or bad. Their job is to, you know, kind of hold everybody accountable and say, are we developing people? I don't really want to hear your excuses. Are we developing people? And so, you know, one of the things um, I did at my previous employer that, you know, we're, we're going to try to work in here also is having someone who is, this is their job. They're dedicated to that, that, you know, morning, noon, and night, that's all they're worried about and all the other businesses going on. Uh, but they kind of have a little bit of blinders onto that to make sure that, you know, we're really moving this forward so that we can continue to develop people as, as quickly as possible. Yeah, I think that um, you're really talking about making an investment, um, which is, you know, in your time and energy and priorities. And, you know, this really, I feel like happened a lot through the pandemic where where at first folks were organizations and folks were saying like, whoa, (laughs) we got to put some pause on some some of this. We got, you know, we're in crisis mode. And I can remember working with clients where we'd start to have conversation like, well, we've, you know, we put a pause on some stuff or we slowed some stuff. The problem is this stuff isn't going away. And so you've got to figure out how are we going to do both? How are we going to continue to develop your leaders and give your leaders the the resources and the opportunities that they need to develop um, without trying to say, well, when we get to a better place, when things are less chaotic, when we're fully staffed, right? All the when thens, then we'll do it. And I just don't think that that ever happens, right? The when then never happens. Right. It, it, it doesn't. And it's it's a tough thing to really, you know, get that commitment to, right? Because, you know, if you're in a production environment, at the end of the day, you can look back and say, I did however many of whatever I was supposed to do, right? You can, you can lean on that and you can go home and say, yes, today I did whatever, you know, when you're developing people and you go home and you're, you know, your significant other was like, what'd you do today? Oh, I developed people. You know, well, how did it go? I don't know. I'll let you know in six months, right? You know, it's one of those things you got to have, you know, faith in your process and faith in what you're doing and, and kind of that stick with itness, if you will, to say, yeah, we're not going to see the results of this for a while. But once you get that ball rolling, you know, it's going to work. And so, you know, we're, we're really committed to understanding that, you know, you got to start now because you're right. There'll they'll never be that opportunity where we're like, oh, oh, that's all done. You know, let's let's focus on development mm-hmm. because we yeah. got nothing else to do. I mean, you're absolutely right. Yeah. All right. So um, really love this focus here on developing leaders and figuring out how we can do that um, when things are crazy, when we have this challenge in the labor market um, and getting them to be as successful as we preparing them to be as successful as possible um, to take on these leadership roles. 
so thinking through this, our, our listeners um, are operation leaders uh, across different industries, from executives to first-time supervisors um, all across the country. For those operations leaders out there, what words of advice or encouragement would you leave them with today? You know, I think it'd just be follow up kind of what you were just saying and, and just prioritize it today. Um, there isn't going to be a better time to do this, right? And, and, you know, be, I think, as you get into this, be realistic. You know, it's not like, hey, I'm going to block out all eight hours of my day to do it today. Mm-hmm. Can you find 10 minutes? Can you find 15 minutes? Can you just get the ball rolling and, and start to put that plan together um, and, and make it important? Because if you if you don't prioritize it today, there's no better day than today to do this. And, you know, again, today may feel like the worst day because of all the things going on, uh, but tomorrow brings its own challenges. So that, that would be my advice and something I try to remind myself all the time too. <laughs> yes. All right. Fantastic. Well, Chris, thank you so much for, for joining us today and uh, sharing a little bit about what you're doing and some of the successes and challenges. We really appreciate your contributions today. Thanks for having me. And hopefully this is helpful. Developing leaders and building a bench to grow and expand is hard enough just on its own in general. And, you know, you heard how that challenge is heightened right now. Um, And I think that's just something that we all need to recognize is that, you know, as much as it was a thing we had to do and we had to pay attention to, and many of us were not very good at it before, well, now we've got to really put in more effort and more investment. And we heard Chris talk about that. Now, I promised you that I would uh, share a secret about Chris. It's not really a secret, just kind of maybe some information that not everyone knows. So not really a secret. And I do want to do that. But let's debrief this conversation first. So I loved this idea that Chris started with like pay it forward. And you know, as he thinks about his legacy and how he's leaving things and he wants to leave things in good hands, and he sees part of his role is to build and support as many good hands as possible. And it kind of reminds me of that conversation that I had in September, um, in the September executive series with Mark Braun, where Mark talked about developing your successor and having multiple people ready to replace you and starting that from day one on the job. I really think that's something that every single leader needs to do and really every single individual contributor as well. So if you want to hear that episode, you can go back and listen to it. It's episode number 60. Now, Chris also kind of talked about, so what is he doing about this challenge? And he talked about really showing the path and painting that picture and being more transparent with team members and prospective team members about what that path might look like for them and where they stand and what they need and why um, a certain move wants to be made and how it's going to serve them. He also talked about defining those core competencies and how that helps managers to be able to see it and identify it, and then for the organization to marshal those resources so they can better develop those competencies, and how it gives a common language, and it really helps them also to serve team members by connecting those core competencies with future goals and using all this common language to talk about right all the stuff. Um, so you might actually resonate with some of that. I would not be surprised if some of that kind of struck a chord for you. I also really liked his explanation around simplifying the business and kind of the situation of what do you do when there just aren't enough at bats, right? How do we get enough at bats? All right. What about you? Your next step. I want you to reflect on this conversation and pull out that one gem that you want to take with you to noodle on, to explore for yourself or for your organization and share it. Get in the practice of not just consuming information, but reflecting on it and sharing it. 
And of course, you can also share on LinkedIn and tag me at Jamie V. Parker and tag Chris Chippendale because we would both love to see what resonated with you. Remember that you can find the link to connect with Chris at our show notes, processplusresults.com forward slash podcast. All right, it is secret telling time. <laughs> it's not really a secret, like I said, but I did not tell Chris I was going to do this. So hopefully, hopefully, Chris, you're okay with this. All right. So do you remember me talking about uh, hunt a killer and murder mysteries and red string murder boards? I think I talked about it in episode four, episode number 004, <laughs> all the way back in September of 2020, a long time ago. Well, in case you don't remember, and by the way, if you didn't listen to it, you should go back and listen to it. I think the episode's called Be Obsessed. But if you don't remember, to bring you up to speed, I have on occasion hosted Hunt a Killer murder mystery parties, which we do in my basement, by the way. Um, so these are, it's like a subscription box, like a subscription box murder mystery thing. And so I, you know, would set it up in my basement and I'd have the um, big cardboard on tripods and we have thumbtacks and red strings and all the things. Well, my friends, Chris and his partner, Liz, have joined us on a few of those murder mysteries. And if I must say so myself, He's pretty good at connecting the dots. I can remember the very first one that we did. Like I can actually picture, if I close my eyes, I can picture us all sitting around the table in my basement having this conversation. But we were to the point, we weren't quite to the end, but we were getting closer. And we narrowed it down to two potential suspects. And we were each talking through who we thought it was and why. And I remember thinking like, oh, his logic is pretty good. Like, oh yeah, his logic is pretty sound. <laughs> In fact, I'm guessing that that logic and that analytical and investigative mind probably helps him in his role as senior vice president as well. All right, so that's a little secret. <laughs> now that wraps up our Q4 executive series. A big thank you to all five of our executive guests this quarter. Dave Connor, CFO and COO at Anchor Industries. Kelly Ogunsanya, COO at Stride Community Health Center. David Pender, Vice President of Operations at Sage Glass, Jasmine Gorey, Vice President of Human Resources at Sunland Logistics Solutions, and of course, today's guest, Chris Chippendale, Senior Vice President of Northern Operations at Ent Credit Union. Now, if you know someone who would be a fantastic guest in an upcoming executive series, make sure you reach out and let me know. Until next time.